BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Brain is gone. This is Hysteria 51. Here. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to a very toothy episode of Hysteria 51. Let's put a smile on that face. Oh, calm down, conspiracy bot, and every Facebook chat who uses that character as the basis for their make-believe personality. Online personality. Online, sure. (laughs) Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, also known as Chicago, with a connecting flight in parts unknown Colorado, usually to a day during (laughs) on-season. We are your hosts and lead West Virginia tour guides this week. My name's David Flora. He's Brent Hand. Yo! The bots are here for bad measure. Speaking of smiling, David, have you ever made anyone smile? Ever? Serious question. He makes me smile when he comes to work every day. Shut the fuck up, Kyle. You sound stupid when you talk. Cheese muffins. <laughs> All right, that's enough before we have two homicidal robots on our hands. Though they might try to kill each other. Anyway, that doesn't matter. Before fight, fight, <laughs> before Robot fight. fight League. Before we dive into the topic <laughs> at hand this week, two quick points of order. I need a gavel. Point of conk, order. Conk. <laughs> the illustrious potentate has the floor. Um there's still time to send in your entries for the Pick a Topic contest. It runs through the end of January. Winner gets to co-host the show. Winner, well, the person who picked. We're not going to say if they're a winner. <laughs> That's up to them. The person whose uh, topic gets picked gets to host the show with us and cover their topic. And if you are in the Chicagoland area, feel free to come on in studio. We'll have you here. Plus, two runners-up get prize packs. All three of those include scripts to the last adventure. All you got to do is send those in to weird at hysteria51.com, W-E-I-R-D at hysteria51.com. Just in the info line or the subject line, whatever you want to call it, put in contest entry or somewhere. Let us know that is that. And this is awesome. Majungus is back this week to serenade all of us with more from their badass new album, Alien Abduction. And I like the name Alien Abduction. And I wanted it to be a rhyme with there. So you can find links to all their stuff in the show notes. But this week we're playing their song Alien Seduction from Alien Abduction. (laughs) I hope that every song is just a rhyming thing with with that. So you get an alien reduction, which is like an alien chef. You get it. <laughs> oh, uh, basonic vinaigrette from space. <laughs> <laughs> you get an alien bad suction. Yeah. And that can go any number of ways. <laughs> She's went from suck to blow. <laughs> <laughs> you get alien conjunction, and that's all about grammar. <laughs> conjunction, junction. What's your. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> No, but this week it is Alien Seduction, so make sure you stay for for that after the show. Alien Sex, now you have my attention. Well, we're changing subjects now because <laughs> C-Bot and Sex, uh, no. You pause there like you were thinking about it for a second. I'm not sure how I feel, but... <laughs> I, You know what? That was me putting on my spiritual armor in my mind. <laughs> Putting up some some light shields with my prayers. It. With my prayers. 
Since we're doing a story here in the States, I'm just happy that, uh, you know, we're not talking about some crazy shit from Kentucky, <laughs> just uh, just on the other side, over the border. Yeah, right? This is true. It's back to West Virginia this week. And speaking speaking of West Virginia, almost having my ass. I just want to throw that out there. That John Denver's full of shit, man. Um <laughs> <laughs> Aliens, giant flying moth-like harbingers of doom, sheep squatch, owls and cloaks scaring kids away from UFO crash sites or landings, depending on, you know, which Reddit slash angel fire site you're reading at the time. Constantly grinning, noseless bastards running on the loose. That said, John Denver on the radio at nauseum. Bat boy. Bat boy is a national fucking treasure, and I will ask you to bite your tongue. Brent, that was a test. And you pass. <laughs> I knew I liked you. You can be fined a dollar for swearing in public. Look it up. That is a weird law. There are a lot of weird laws out there in a lot of these states. Sounds like West Virginia ain't quite the bastion of freedom. They <laughs> right? Make us think it is. Participating in a duel disqualifies you for public office. Well, I'm out. What? What? What is right? Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to the state of hand, or more importantly, the creature... In question from said state of West Virginia, because there are a lot of them in this state. But this week we're focused. Well, we're going to touch on a couple of them because you know it's a it's not the largest state. There's overlap. One Indrid <laughs> Cold, not Ingrid. Indrid, I N D R I D, Cold, the Smiling Man. And um, I want to I want to paint a picture here. I love this story because it ticks so many boxes. Let's do a quick rundown, shall we? We got aliens. Sure. Check. Cryptids. Check. Poltergeist. What? <laughs> Door-to-door sewing machine salesman. Oh, double check. <laughs> Real news stories. Check. Telepathy. Check. Uh, Reddit creepy pasta crap. It's okay. Yeah. Careful with the crap. Check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the name Woodrow, which is always beholden by a badass. That's a check. And comparisons to the men in black, which, you know. Holy hell. Coming to your door, (laughs) Davis, give us a quick 411, if you will, a little elevator pitch or whatever you want to call it on Indrid. Sure. Did you call me Davis? One Indrid (laughs) Cold, a.k.a. (laughs) Did I say Davis? Hey, Davis. Sounded like you said Davis. Davis. (laughs) (laughs) One Indrid Cold, a.k.a. the Smiling Man, if you nasty, (laughs) is a human-like cryptid with origins as a modern urban legend on the internet, Mm -hmm. or as an honest-to-goodness decades-old tale, depending on who you believe. (laughs) Origins aside, many people have speculated that Mr. Cold may be related to another denizen of the western flavor of Virginia, none other than the infamous Mothman. Mmm, Western Virginia flavor. <laughs> it's like Marlboro. It's something, what is it? Flavor Smoky. country. Yeah. <laughs> mm, tastes like uh, a, ta- a little bit of Shenandoah. Tastes like grandma. Injured Cold is believed to be a very tall man with an old, sometimes reflective suit in blue or green color, depending on the season, because, you know, our boy has fashion on lock. <laughs> His eyes are very small and wide open, with a cartoonishly wide and long, eerie smile on his face. Or inviting and nice. It all depends on the encounter. Mm -hmm. Some say the man is missing some face pieces, such as ears and the nose. Weird to have ears on your face, but (laughs) who am I to judge? Others cry nay and say he's completely normal. Physically. Uh-oh. Yeah, it's, this is a whole bag, a whole can of worms, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> it's a whole um, bag of cans of worms. It's a, it's a whole bag full of cans of worms. That's, yeah. <laughs> and make sure you bring your own bag because we, we're, we're buying an Aldi. Anyway, so what is he? What is he, you ask? Well, simple. It's believed that Indrid Cold could be an alien entity. Or a ghost, or maybe some men in black character, whatever they might be. But no matter what, he's said to look like the Joker and has the habit of stalking people and comes off as insane to some. So I'm ready to party with the guy. I tell you that much because it, <laughs> so far, I, you know, I'm sold on him. I don't know. I, he sounds like he's he's running for office, to be honest. Right. Like <laughs> today's world, he, he is 
<laughs> he is not pretty. He, he's not that high on the totem pole. Let's say. Uh, he's probably overqualified in today's world. Uh, but more importantly, where did he come from? Who has he stalked? Could it be true? We're going to break down all that and a lot more coming up after the break on Hysteria 5-1. Nation, what difficulties did you have with learning a new language in school or whenever you did it? Did you do it through textbooks or did you try to use some weird online thing? I know I took two years in high school and two years in college and I knew nothing. And that's because I wasn't using something like what we have been blessed to have as a longtime sponsor and we use it. Rosetta Stone, they're the most trusted language learning program, and it's available on desktop or as an app. And the reason why I enjoy doing it, it immerses you in the language you want to learn instead of just being silly drills and a class you can sleep through. <laughs> I definitely use it. I, I think it's really cool how they have the speech recognition program on there. It gives you the feedback on the pronunciation. Are you making fun stuff. of me because I can never do that? That's what you're getting at right now. That's <laughs> what it, it's like. What are you trying to do? Do it right. <laughs> Uh, but it is really cool. They've got all kinds of lessons. You can do it uh, offline. You don't even have to be online for it. That is great because it's right there in your pocket or at your home and you can do it. You got 15 minutes. Let's go to town. Let's do it. You know, and mm -hmm. it's amazing value. Lifetime membership has all 25 languages available for any trips. You need language in life. You need to brush up on stuff. Maybe you just met a girl or a guy or a non-binary and they're from uh, somewhere else. Someone, you know, who knows? Well, if they're in the one of the 25, Rosetta's going to work for you. <laughs> you get lifetime access to all of that. And there is a 50% offer, so it is a steal. So don't put off learning language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Hysteria 51 listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for that 50% off that I just told you about. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, a today. You know, yes, sir. Uh, I, I keep trying to get myself to break the habit of the saying of uh, low man on the totem pole, because from what I understand, the lower you are on the totem pole, the more important you are. Oh, well, because I guess you're, you're holding everything up, right? I think that and and, your and the bird shit on you less prominent. You're, you're closer. <laughs> That's what I've heard anyway. So. I'm closer to the ground, not to the sky. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, more grounded, uh, bigger. I, I think it's just that people. It's it's more in your face. Yeah, it's like it's like they say, you know, it's great to be put on a pedestal, but that's where pigeons shit. So, <laughs> cold the searcher. Let's start at the beginning of Indrid's story here on Earth, or at least. First known mention of him in the news. Uh, and surprise, we're going to skip West Virginia for a beat and head to another place that's no, uh, they're not new to the weirdos of the world, New Jersey. <laughs> and I didn't mean that against New Jersey people. I was thinking more of the, the Jersey devil. So, you know, keep your emails at bay. October 16th, Dateline, 1966, the year of our Lord therein. Two young boys were hanging out together when they noticed a very tall, human-like being behind the fence. Human-like, noted. Right. I like that that's thrown in because, you know, you never know what we're messing with here. But anyway, both of the boys were quote-unquote brave and went towards the man trying to step closer to get to him to see the man. Remember, kids. It's like David Flora always says. Oh, God. I'm already liking this. <laughs> Only pussies avoid strangers and free candy is free candy, so never pass that shit up. Plus, how often do you get the chance to ride in a full-size van anymore, so take people up on their offers? Well, it does sound like something I'd say. <laughs> I don't remember saying that, but I can't really find fault in it. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, uh, yeah, uh... For legal purposes, disavow all that knowledge. Anyway, <laughs> uh, both of these boys 
Uh, they said they started to feel feel fear and realized the man had a creepy smile on his face. Not the reassuring smile we've all come to expect from human-like entities who are watching boys from afar while obstructed by a fence. You know, not that kind of reassurer, you know, and, and, and just feel-good feeling. Um, <laughs> now, now I'm kind of... Uh... Feeling a little weird about the uh, the whole running for office uh, job <laughs> earlier. <laughs> a little too close to home, I guess. So the man starts mm. to look at the boys peering at them through the fence as they got closer. Like he made his face a little more known. And the boys started running away as you do. And after the, um, the whole encounter, the boys started remembering more of the man's appearance when they went forward. They did go forward to the police after this, describing his face as having small, beady eyes and no other features other than his titular grin. And by no other features, we mean they were not there. No eyes, no nose, no ears, nothing. Now, as fun as that sounds, that's where we wait get a, minute, a lot. Wait a minute. He had small beady eyes, but had no eyes. Sorry, sorry, not no eyes. I, I, I'm getting a, a little anxious there, but no, I mean, no, <laughs> uh, no nose, no ears, no nothing else. You know, his grin and his beady, like, yeah. That's where a lot of these comparisons to the men in black come from. Do you remember the original men in black? It, they said they almost looked like they had masks on. They were featureless. Yeah. They had red lipstick on to make it look like they were human. I think that's a lot of the, the, the tie-ins come from that is these, we're trying to look human and I'm doing my best. You know, it's like when you, (laughs) it's like when you go to a truck stop at night, you know, don't really, don't pay attention, just order your food and get out of there. One of those things. That story there is short and sweet, but it is the, the kickoff point because not too far after that, we skip forward less than a month, only a couple weeks later, the second sighting happened. November 2nd of 66, around 7.30 p.m. in good old West Virginia. Enter one Woodrow the Gooch Derenberger, a salesman for a sewing machine company. Why did they call him the Gooch? It's none of your goddamn business, that's why. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, the Gooch, uh, as I'm sure he was referred to by everyone, was returning home from Marietta, Ohio. And to his home in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, he was traveling along Highway I-77 after a long day of selling the hell out of sewing machines, I can only imagine. <laughs> and boom, out of nowhere near Parkersburg, West Virginia, another vehicle flies by him. It comes over him and overpassed him. Now, there's nothing too crazy about that, except tailing the car was an honest-to-goodness UFO. Not the kind of <laughs> shit you see every day. Uh, just, you know. Gets passed by this car and UFO. The UFO Woodrow described as the strangest thing he'd ever seen. And let I remind you that his nickname that I just made up for him is the goddamn Gooch. So you know he's seen some shit in his day. <laughs> anyway, he said it resembled a kerosene lamp chimney that was flying off the ground. But I say flying off the ground only like 10 inches, a foot off the ground, not real high. But off the ground. Sounds like Woodrow had been hitting his glass chimney, if you know what I mean. (laughs) (laughs) I like that one. Um, Yeah, if if you're having trouble picturing this, it's um, just think of a little bedside oil lamp and the little glass thing that Mm -hmm. that comes up from it that you take off to light the wick and then replace. It's it's just kind of like this uh, nicely yeah. curvy, sexy little glass piece mm. feature. <laughs> so this thing, it's it's dark. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for just going on glossy. Curvy, <laughs> sexy, uh, too sexy. Got to skip over. Girl it's, got a body like a kerosene lamp chimney. Damn, girl. Anyone ever told you you look like a UFO? Mm-mm-mm. Mostly because uh, it's very city around your neck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, speaking of city, uh, it was very dark or ash-colored, so that's appropriate. Oh, there you go. There you go. Yeah. So, the UFO comes around him, turns sideways uh, across both lanes of the road in front of him, and safely and gradually makes him slow down to a stop onto the side of the road. I like that part. We need you to stop, but don't slam on your brakes or hurt yourself. We're going to slow you down gradually so that everyone's safe. That's a that's an ET that understands roadside yeah. safety and physics. 
<laughs> shit, right? Uh, and just politeness, you know, good old Southern sure. hospitality. Yeah, good manners on Zeta Reticuli. Or so, well, we're going to find out it wasn't from there. Thank you very much. But uh, that's a spoiler. It was about 10 to 12 feet tall and about 35 to 36 feet wide because it covered the road, but not much further. Um, so not the largest craft, but definitely a lot bigger than his car or something like that. Maybe think of like a semi-truck without the trailer huh. kind of side. I'm making that up, but like that kind of, 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 of size. Yeah. The door opens and a smiling, well-dressed man steps out of the vehicle. <laughs> The door shuts with a loud thunk, like he heard it, like it was a physical door behind him, uh, as UFO doors are one to do. And then a few seconds later, after he exited the vehicle, the vehicle climbs like 40 feet in the air above the highway because, you know, traffic safety. Uh, the other thing is, he said during this, there are motorists out uh, passing by as this is happening. And he was like, the one car was getting followed. He's the one who got stopped. Other people drove by. He goes, there was a lot of people that saw this. So that's an interesting huh. aspect to. But he's um, the only one that anybody talks about reporting it. Well, no. So others did call in after he came forward. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit. But um, okay. he was the one that he's the only one who, who said that this really happened like this way. Anyway. Mm -hmm. So what road Darren Berger? So he says that um, the man's in a dark. He thought it looked navy colored suit. Uh, he walked to the right side of his truck, you know, to stay out of traffic. You know, it's the safe side. And he spoke to him, wait for it, telepathically. Mm -hmm. oh. And politely asked him to roll down his window. And he was saying that he meant Darren Berger no harm. He was telling me he would like him to look at him because he could communicate better if he looked. And actually, it was interesting. <laughs> uh, so the Gooch said that the thing that bothered him the most wasn't the the car, or, not the car, but the UFO, whatever you want to call it, was the fact that he spoke to him telepathically. He's like, that just didn't feel right. But he realized that he knew that because he kept telling him, like, everything's okay. You're okay. We mean you no harm. Everything's going to be okay. that I'm inside your head ruffling around right, right. now. And so he told me, he goes, you don't have to. You can think. I'll understand it. You can speak to me, whatever you're comfortable with. This is how I can uh, communicate with you. Then, and this is where we get the first part of the name. Uh, the stranger told him with his mind, mind you, that his name was Cold. And he was what his people called a searcher. And Mr. Cold's people called a searcher. And they go on to have this nice but brief conversation all the while, Cold was reassuring Woodrow that he'd save him no harm. He said he was from another planet, but his people were very similar. He said they, they ate red bled. They bled like humans, which was – they made it sound like they were interested in that. Almost like if we went to another planet and found that there were humans there, we'd be like, what the hell? Kind of like how he made it feel like, oh, kind of thing. They lived in towns similar, but they called them – instead of calling them towns, they called them gatherings – and he asked about the nearby town, how people lived, if people lived there. And he said, well, people live in towns. A lot of people live in the outsides of them, you know, because in the country, stuff like that. Asks a few questions. And then uh, he says his goodbyes. And he told Woodrow they would be meeting him again. They as in there was, you know, not just him, but his Ooh. counterparts. And he peaced out like a boss, jumped back in his vehicle where Woodrow could see a second person waiting. Oh. Now, here's interesting. He, he jumped said, 40 feet in the air into the vehicle. The whole time, never speaking with his mouth, he was smiling, grinning, like huge grin on his face the entire time. Said he never saw his hands. He didn't know if they were in his pockets or what. Maybe it was for like protection, but he was on the side of the vehicle. But he said he did see the other. He couldn't see like the person's features, but the other person opened the door. He said they had hands that looked human-like. You know, so it wasn't like they had like pinchers or, you know, <laughs> anything like that. Tentacles. Yeah. What I love about it is it's so damn ordinary. Like, dude was flying by, saw the planet, and stopped for a peek. Like, like we're like a roadside attraction. Isn't that weird? Like, it's not like, we need you to get rid of your uh, nuclear weapons. This, this one's like, no, you guys have towns too. Cool. I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, that, that doesn't add up to me. Uh, yeah. Especially with the job title. If he's a searcher. You know, unless he's just on on vacation in that arm of the galaxy. Yeah. Uh, why, like, why wouldn't he be there for a reason then? And 
why wouldn't he already know about towns and people and stuff? Right, right. With that technology. Why is it always that? Why don't, yeah, exactly. I have a link to the interview with the Gooch himself, and I encourage Mr. Woodrow Derenberger. I don't know why I got to stop calling him the Gooch. Anyway, uh, I encourage you to listen. It's incredibly calming, and he comes across as genuine. Uh, it was like the next day or the day after this happened, he was uh, interviewed uh, from the news of the time, and there was lots of reporters and stuff there. So there's a link in the show notes. There's a few different versions of it on YouTube. You can find it. And uh, it's interesting, to say the least. Just and, search for The Gooch. Yeah, just look up The Gooch and just First start on clicking Google everything. Yes. <laughs> so there you have the first couple appearances of Indrid Cold, or at least what would become to be known as Indrid Cold. When we come back, did he change his behavior and start getting a little more nefarious? Was he done with The Gooch, or did he make uh, good on his, his uh, statement that he was coming back? And uh, if he's not so friendly anymore and doesn't have anything to do with the creepypasta stuff from Reddit. That's all after the break on Hysteria 51. Now, here's something you reprobates have probably heard too many times to count. You don't think we're done with the gooch yet, do you? <laughs> if I had a nickel. <laughs> yeah, for every time I've uttered that to some other human being, you don't think I'm done with the gooch yet, do you? It's been uh, too long since I've called someone a reprobate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to masticate on that word for a little bit. Anyway. <laughs> you could write the next Majunga song. Hey, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking Lord. listening to this like you sons of bitches <laughs> <laughs> how dare you or they're like that's a million dollar idea <laughs> <laughs> get me my writing pen <laughs> leave my scribbling one with me <laughs> give me my reprobate pen <laughs> oh, reprobating yeah so tell us tell us about it what happened if we weren't done with the gooch yet what went on well, just Two fucking days later, while driving in his car, he began to receive a telepathic communication from the man he had seen earlier. Some beings are so fucking needy. <laughs> Amen to that, man. I ironic. <laughs> oh, God. Don't, at least he went by the, the two-day rule. Should I text him now? <laughs> Should I text? You know, I, I don't want to come off too needy. Well, I'll tell you what. This time it's uh, it's backstory time for old Woody. Yeah. Woody Double Derenberger. <laughs> <laughs> with cheese. <laughs> um, Injured Cold, as he called himself uh, this time. Well, where did the name Injured come from, though? I don't know. That, I, that's that's the name he gave him, Injured Cold. That's weird, because, you know. Space dumbass. Eh, anyways, he described himself as from the galaxy of Ganymede. Mm. Okay. I, I'll, I'll keep going, Brent. I, I shouldn't stop the flow for... <laughs> you're going to stop a lot if it's every time something doesn't make any yeah, sense. <laughs> you're absolutely correct. Yep. So he also supplied some information um, about his life, uh, including the observation that people on his planet lived from 125 to 175 Earth years. It's not That's crazy longer than us, but longer than us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, interestingly, over the next weeks, other stories would substantiate at least parts of uh, Darren Berger's story in the form of lots of others viewing UFOs in the area. Yeah. Like it was kind of like a flap kind of thing. There was a lot of lights in the sky and people were calling it into the, the police and things like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And an and initial investigation included that Derenberger was not a fraud or a hoaxer, uh, but they said hallucinations could not be ruled out. Uh, eh. I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting that you're not uh, you're not really digging the gooch, but keep going. No, I'm not digging the hallucination angle. Oh. I hate that that comes up a lot for. I, yeah, I'd rather it be a lie, or you saw what you you're telling us what you think you really saw, not a hallucination. I get that. Yeah, yeah it, it seems a little a little simple. I I would need a lot more context. 
to believe a, a hallucination angle on this. And let me give you one quick example. You know, when you hear stories about people getting abducted, seeing things in the sky, seeing cryptids, whatever, there, there are, uh, there's always a portion of those who hear about it and maybe on the skeptical side uh, that say, well, were they drinking? Were they doing drugs? And yeah. it's like, man, why don't you go out and drink and do drugs a little bit? Cause you need to fucking loosen up. You don't hallucinate that much at all when you're, when you drink, unless you've had enough to where you can't drive a car. I just want to tell you, Number I've done two, a lot of drinking and drugs in my life and I've never seen aliens. And that's a, th and, that's and a like, complaint more than just smoking, statement. uh, smoking weed doesn't cause you to hallucinate unless something else is involved in there that you maybe don't know about the devil's lettuce. I don't think cocaine does. Now I haven't done cocaine, but it's way don't back it there. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure that's a, and if you're doing acid or mushrooms and driving, you, you've got other problems. I would have to Everyone imagine. Everyone knows up. the only thing cocaine does is make you really cool and good at wall street. That's all it does. <laughs> You put on Wayfarers, all of a sudden you got two collars, and yeah. you Both before pop. you know it, you wake up, you got an account in the Cayman Islands. It's just, that's how cocaine works, that's, my friend. That's cocaine. That's not a hallucination. That's fact. <laughs> so anyways, I I just wanted to go on a little rant about how I hate how, when people resort to like drugs or um, alcohol as being <laughs> why someone like, and I'm a skeptic, Brent. I, yeah. <laughs> I like to question things and, and get to the bottom. But I don't stuff. want to make up my own reasons if those aren't valid reasons, right? Yeah. yeah well, yeah. Yeah. Just anyways, um, back to this. Uh, we talked about maybe being a fraud or a hoaxer. And, you know, fuck frauds. Mm -hmm. Because um, uh, he clarified to Goocher, uh, Injured Cold did, that uh, his home was the planet Lanulos from the Ganymede Star Cluster. And in 1967... Cold took Derenberger for a ride in his spaceship. You know they went trolling for space puss. Damn right. Jesus. <laughs> they need to get laid or turned off or something. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, you want to come check out my fucking crib? Let's go, dude. Let's check out my home. My home. Let's go. Basic shit like that. I, is, is that the next song title? Space puss? Space puss. Welcome Jeez. to Space Puss. Space Puss is the name of the orbital station that uh, is right outside of Poughkeepsie 2. <laughs> Space <Well>. Cleveland. <laughs> Space Gathering. So he, he went there a couple times, mm -hmm. apparently. And mm -hmm. on a second visit, he actually walked around the planet. Yeah, yeah. Whatever that means. And uh, he discovered that, um, well, this this jives with what we were just talking about they wore no clothes yeah. cheese, muffins. cheese muffins is right buddy yeah they uh i always say you know if you get to an enlightened state there's titties out and <laughs> that is what i uh is what i'm striving for you, you, you know nirvana a higher being a higher plane uh titties uh, you know do with that information what you will more power to you <laughs> Anyway, mm -hmm. when this was happening, newspapers in the area ran stories about Derenberger's claims and the claims of others that came forward as they heard Woodrow's account of meeting Indrid Cole. And we should uh, probably touch on that, too. Lay it out. Yeah. Derenberger reported his encounter to the Parkersburg police. By the next day, the media was off and running with the story. Mm. Somebody's got a mole in the police station. Remember this. So this is like the 60s and stuff when... There was a bit of a fever in the nation of, of UFOs and stuff like that. So um, when this came, it did get passed around quite a bit, even more than they do today when people report it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, Darren Berger agreed to be interviewed on live television mm -hmm. on WTAP. WTAP. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, where a lot of this info comes from. And you can listen to yourself. The yep. link is going to be in the show notes. Yep, yep, yep. Take a part in the interview were members of the state police, representatives of the Wood County Airport, uh, the Parkersburg Police, and a representative from the Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. You don't say. Uh, right Dayton, out of Dayton, Ohio. Ohio. Yeah, they're, they were – that Not, gives it a little uh, bit of gravitas at least, you know, because Wright-Patterson – A little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's 
that's a ways away from here, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, that it, it does lend itself some credence. So yeah. for 30 minutes, the men peppered Derenberger with questions about the strange encounter. And like clockwork, after the interview aired, others came forward with claims that they'd also seen a figure matching Derenberger's description of injured cold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what did they say, Brent? Well, one uh, said he, he um, man that looked just like him, uh, he tried to flag him down, but he was too afraid to stop. Others say <laughs> that they saw lights and fluttering vehicles uh, on the road. Or, or driving or, butterflies. Yeah, uh, like above the road, I guess. Uh, the same road that Darren Berger said that he talked to Cold on. And several witnesses reported to have seen Darren Berger stopped on the side of the road, talked to a man on the same road. Which, uh, you know, the Gooch himself said people had to have seen it, though the thing shot up in the air so that it wasn't blocking the the the, the road. But he was pulled over to the side, and people did at least cooperate that part of the story that he was uh, on the side of the road talking to some some guy. So now what? Well, shit, that's what. <laughs> he ended up writing a book about his visits, and he got some notoriety, but nothing good, I, I wouldn't say too good, came uh, from Darren Berger's recounting his encounter. And if you do listen to the encounter, be prepared, because I was not. He's very soothing, and it's almost like ASMR. It took me about three times to get through it, because I kept falling asleep almost. Because he's just like, <laughs> he's just, I don't know, it was repetitive. G- and it, give me Give me an example here. And then... Then the alien came up to me. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna rub on this for just a second here. And, and he told me that, um, uh, well, number one, you're special, and uh, I love you, and I want you to feel good about yourself. And uh, you know, it's a lot of that stuff. Um, I, mean, I don't want to put everyone to sleep there with my dulcet ASMR tones. <laughs> anyway. Um, it didn't just negatively affect him. It affected his family and his friends as well, because when you are attached to someone like that, people come a calling. Uh, his family received years of harassing phone calls and lost their jobs because they were associated with him and people be like, Oh, you know, you know, the gooch, you know, and supposedly Ingrid cold. I keep saying Ingrid, Indrid. Indrid Cole doing the thing you said not to do. I know. I jinxed myself. Uh, yeah, so like we don't want you around here. And he himself, he, he suffered from painful headaches and depression. And eventually his wife divorced him. He thought maybe the headaches were because of the telepathy or traveling uh, to the other place. And um, anyway, eventually he moved away from the area to escape his notoriety, so to speak. Uh, he lived elsewhere, but years later, he moved back to the Mineral Wells area before his death in 1990 at the age of 74, 23 years after Indrid uh, supposedly pulled over on the highway. So that's, we'll get back to that a little bit. That was the second sighting. That's a long one. The third sighting, a lot shorter. During the same uh, time period in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which also happens to be the same time that the Mothman was said to be Mm. fluttering around, the Lily family had been reporting poltergeist activity in their home. So we're making a little bit of a jump here from aliens to poltergeist, ghost, paranormal, all that stuff. They reported diamond-shaped lights in their home. So, you know, poltergeist, I guess. Um, and uh, Lily's daughter, Linda, Linda Lily, she's got a firsty, firsty, girly, girly. Uh, she was sleeping one night and awoke to see a man standing over her. Yikes. Uh, what'd she say? It was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again, hid under the covers. When I looked again, he was gone. Now, there is a lot more to this story of the Lily family and their hauntings, and they went through a lot of stuff. But boom, that right there is where you get the Indrid Cold angle. Like, almost like maybe he was drawn to that. He was a part of it. Were the uh, the aliens doing it? Was he a ghost the entire time? Well, ghosts usually don't take you for flybys to other planets. Then again, I don't know. I've never been with one like that. So (laughs) what's going on? Well, 
West Virginia gets a lot of strange visitors. Um, in fact, uh, that was going on, like we said, at the same time as Mothman. And we all remember that John Keel was investigating Mothman, right, kids? Keeping track at home? Well, guess what? During uh, Keel's investigations, he received phone calls from, yep, you guessed it. Frank Stallone? No. Hindred <laughs> Cold. R.I.P. Norm MacDonald. Uh, thankfully, the, that that joke was not lost on us, though, and that was, uh, rest in peace, Norm MacDonald, uh, amen to that. Anyway, the final conversation they had consisted of Indrid Cold telling John Keel to run away because a terrible disaster will happen. And as supposedly as, as John Keel escaped, the Silver Bridge collapsed and 46 people were killed from the event. Mothman! There's your Mothman connection. Uh, and now many people, inter- they kind of interchange them or think that Mothman is synonymous with Indrid or that Indrid is the Mothman's real name, uh, yeah. as you do, instead of Hector, like we all know it really is. Um, but hold up just a tick. I think we're forgetting someone uh, off to the wayside. What about that handsome Venusian bastard, Valiant Thor? What do people say about that there, sir? People say he may have presented himself as injured cold to the Derenberger family. Um, (laughs) Publisher Gray Barker is said to have worked with Thor to convince several contactees to approach authorities and publish books in an apparent attempt to influence public opinion on a variety of political issues. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I guess you, yeah, check that name among names also because- Everything has to connect, I guess. And why wouldn't it just be that he was, you know, it it was just Valiant Thor off on one of his little nighttime expeditions, you know, because he could come and go as he pleased. They couldn't keep him there. And he'd just be like, I'm going to play a little bit of a trick, you know. Now, we promise you a creepy pasta aspect. Many chalked this up to creepy pasta, not realizing that there was all this was before it was ever anything on Reddit talking about the smiling man or the grinning man. It's been around for decades, but tell us about the Reddit wave of when this guy came back to the forefront of, of uh, pop culture. Sure. Well, this is the the um, supposed takeover of the opposite political party that was uh, supposed to happen in 2022. <laughs> the Reddit wave? Um, <laughs> the Red It wave? The Reddit wave. <laughs> so in 2012, a Reddit wah, post wah. was created by, <laughs> ironically, this post was created by Blue Title, uh, <laughs> titled The Smiling Man. And that's what this cryptid's uh, quote-unquote mm-hmm. nickname came to be. In the story, the author explains how he lived in an American city where he would go for long walks in the middle of the night. Where thinking do you live? About various An American topics. city. Yeah. Um, humanville. In a decade not too far from your own, in an American city. <laughs> I, too, like participating in your human activities. I mean activities. <laughs> I, too, like going out for human fast food. I mean fast food. <laughs> no. Human. <laughs> so, for four years, this author has been going outside in the night without any problems until one day. Ooh. That day was Wednesday. <laughs> Hump day for those keeping track at home. Also, Christina Ricci day. <laughs> and uh, the author went for another walk. And as he was walking, he noticed the man making a strange dance in front of him. <laughs> the author believed he was just drunk probably hallucinating and that there's no serious danger until the man started going towards the author. And as the author starts feeling uh, uncomfortable, the man the whole time was avoiding eye contact. He was looking up into the dark sky. And while the man's smile started to widen and open like a cartoon character would Mm -hmm. have, the author decides to cross the street and move away from the man. He realizes how dangerous the situation might become. The man decides to follow the author and cross the street with him. Fucking crackheads. Excuse me, you got the time? (laughs) As the author realizes that the man's getting closer and that the man's smile is becoming more sinister than before, Mm. the author describes becoming extremely uncomfortable by the situation 
walking again straight without looking at the man, until the author decided to look behind him again, just to see the man going towards the author again. Oh, so he's following this guy who's very happy, grinning. No one should ever be happy in this day and age. What the hell's wrong with him? And dancing in public? Uh-oh, everyone's yeah, going to die. Yeah. <laughs> the author was just standing still in shock, looking at the man coming towards him. As the man was coming towards the author, he was stopping the whole time. It was like he was having pauses in the action of walking. <laughs> While the author was just waiting, the man decided to turn around and walk away from the author. Until the man decided to run towards the author, possibly trying to capture him. This is so awful. This is why I hate creepypastas, but yep, keep going. <laughs> so the author ran as well. And in the end, the uh, the author of the story managed to escape and started having nightmares, which he never had in his life, remembering the event. Well, that makes sense. You never would have nightmares of that event in your life because the event hadn't happened. But what do I know? Trauma manifests in weird ways, PTSD and, and whatever. But yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, it's, uh, that, that is truth. Um, later on, another user known as custom creepypasta on the Wikia, uh, created an article on the creepypasta Wikia regarding the story. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Reddit post ended up blowing up and the story became extremely talked about on the internet. And that gave Indrid Cold slash the smiling man its identity as the same entity. Yeah. And that's where the idea of this, uh, them being the same thing. My problem is, so you had some porno rapey guy watching kids. Terrible. And they had a weird interaction. Then you have the stories of the Gooch, uh, Darren Berger, talking about Indrid Cold, which were never scary other than he, you know, he was scared by the situation. Yeah. Um, and then you have like this stuff, which is very different and very much more um, malevolent. And um, I, other than the smile, which if you remember... Woodrow never said that he was like ghastly smiling. He just smiled the whole time. So True. it's a, it's a stretch in my book to say it's the same thing, but you know, no matter you're like, you have UFO lore, paranormal cryptids, creepy pasta banging into one another. So I guess the, the question we're left with is well, what was Indrid alien ghost, valiant Thor made up. What where are you putting your money on this? He sounds uh, extraterrestrial, yes. Yeah, let's skip I the made-up part. Let's say, you know, if he had to wager on one of the others. Yeah. I mean, he if he's literally in a ship and takes this guy to uh, another planet, his home planet, um, then, I mean, obviously he's extraterrestrial. I don't think I don't think Ghost makes any sense. Yeah, she saw someone smiling the and they he... tacked it on because it was in a similar area, right? Like, yeah, the... or the, the poltergeist stuff is real loose with that. Mm -hmm. It's just that something was grinning, looking at a girl sleeping. Like, that doesn't mean it's injured cold. Right. Um, and the fact that they disappeared when, you know, they put their heads under the, the cover, whatever, they that's enough time to run out of the room. Yeah. I don't believe that someone could just vanish and that, and automatically it's a ghost. And that means injured cold's a ghost. There's, there's probably time that passes to where you could, <laughs> if someone was there, they could run out. Um, if it was a ghost, it doesn't have to be injured cold. If it was injured cold, he maybe could teleport or vanish or whatever, or run out of the room. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't do much for me. So yeah, I'm I'm leaning more towards um Alien. I don't think he's in uh Valiant Thor. Yeah, yeah, that just seemed like a stretch. Yeah, I, I'm with you hundred percent too on on the alien thing. Since then, and if you look online, he's synonymous with the Mothman. Yeah. You know, people Well that's make where him... it uh kind of originates with most people, right? They yeah. hear him in connection with the Mothman story. Yeah, a lot of people him, do so. not know the Gooch and his harrowing experience off of I seventy seven. And that's where this really started. Um and a lot of people even I post about this on Facebook and a couple people are like, Oh, I know that creepy pasta. I'm like, right, and, and absolutely there is a creepy pasta. We don't just cover or we try not to do just creepy pastas here. We try to have stuff that's, you know, had <laughs> not saying they're any less dubious, but other 
<laughs> stories or or a little bit of a pedigree somewhere. And this one yeah. definitely has has legs all over the place. Um, <laughs> touching back on Woodrow Derenberger, most ufologists have dismissed uh, the Gooch's unsubstantiated stories of extraterrestrial contact, saying it's bullshit. Um, he did write his book. You can find it. He talks about his adventures with Indrid Cold and going to his planet. And uh, Keel did an intro for him. He did several intros to books for Keel. So they've another reason that Mothman and him are synonymous is not just the West Virginia, but John Keel's uh, connection to uh, Derenberger is um, strong. You know, so yeah, that's they're <laughs> they're they're you know one and the same now, but they they started very differently. The big question is, what do you guys think? You know, uh, is it all made up? Is the creepy pasta should it be separate, or is it connected like people try to say, or is this really just the uh, when the uh, uh, Mothman isn't trying to be a harbinger. He's just in his business suit walking around talking to people. Hey, how you doing? Oh, gatherings, There's, huh? Um, the thing I, I almost stopped us for earlier, um, and something that I think is telltale of stories that are probably made up, mm-hmm. is when they start using science incorrectly, or they, they try to tie things back to something scientific, but they don't really know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, now, nice. I I could be wrong about this myself, which makes me the idiot, of course. But they talk about coming from the galaxy of Ganymede. Mm-hmm. And then uh, said the planet Lanulos from the Ganymede star cluster. Mm-hmm. I... I I just did a cursory look and I don't see a Ganymede star cluster or even galaxy. Well, there's... hold on there, uh, bro Chacho. Okay. Uh maybe that's his words, not ours, you know? So <laughs> hey, <laughs> like bullshit. What we call an apple, he might call a tomato. Or uh what he calls uh you know, first base, we might just call a good time. You know, let's not start. Let's not start labeling things. You know, yeah. Uh, and every every other a- aspect of his uh, uh, language and and conversation was just exactly like ours, though. So, yes, okay. <laughs> uh, you Ganymede, know, <laughs> Ganymede is a moon of Jupiter, um, and I I just don't I don't believe there is any Ganymede. So, so think of it this way: Let's say he's uh, you know telepathically he's. He's using words that um, Earthlings know. Right. <laughs> or in this case, Derenberger, he's using English telepathically. I'm from uh, Ganymede, yeah. I live there Why, with my yeah. wife, Morgan Space Fairchild, yeah. <laughs> so I, I I just have to kind of call bullshit on that. Yeah. I I There could be. Maybe, maybe there is a... Um, not not a well known. I don't, I don't. It's got to be known enough for someone in West Virginia to make it up. I guess. Yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> yep. I don't know. Somebody in sixties West Virginia. I mean, Woody Derenberger sounds like um, he was just normal. I mean, he might as well be Willie Loman from <laughs> Death of a Salesman. I guess. Right. Yeah. So in machine. Maybe that's how he keeps from killing himself as he makes these stories. Well, you know who you know who Indrid Cold really was? Yep, you guessed Satan. it. Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone. Fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, kids. Uh, yeah. yeah. So anyways, I just wanted to point that out. No, that's fantastic. So, guys, <laughs> if you got your own uh, sources for this, you, if you know Woody's family, uh, the old Goocher, and uh, you know, or if you've had a, uh, any run-ins with grinning entities of any sort, well, let us know. And you can let us know by you can tweet to us at hysteria fifty one pod, email us. Uh, well, weird at hysteria fifty one is the easiest way. And while you're doing that, you can weird weird us. You can email us your weird stories. We'll do those for our bonus episodes and get your contest entries in 
for the upcoming uh, pick. We're going to pick a couple of you, and one of you is going to get to co-host the show or be forced to, whichever you want to look at it that way. <laughs> Voicemail 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. Or you can just go to hysteria51.com, find all those things, click the microphone, leave us a link. What you got going on in your world of the craziness? Uh, you got anything on Quiz Quiz Bang Bang or a blurry photos? Uh, same stuff as usual. Um, we got live shows happening in town here. We're about to do a Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, themed live trivia show. Um, so yeah, we uh, we, we kill half that. of the. <laughs> yeah, I snap. Can't wait for that snap to happen. Uh-huh. Um, and yeah, just uh, just normal stuff uh, going on everywheres. Nice. Well, guys, we thank you for joining us. Get your your stuff in, and don't forget, uh, coming up after the show is a sexual alien seduction. Well, it's alien seduction. I threw in the sexual, but I think that's always a given, right? It just seems. Sure. It just seems. All right. With that said, I've been Brent. I've been David, and they are Majungus. That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. We'll be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? 
Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.